In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, as maybe you might imagine or guess, uh, while I was studying to be a pastor in the seminary, I lived a pretty peaceful life. Uh, the seminary campus is, is pretty peaceful in itself. Uh, at the time, I had a fiancé who loved me, a family that cared about me, uh, friends and fellow students to encourage me, and I spent most of my days studying the Bible. Uh, it was a pretty peaceful existence. Uh, people talk about living in a bubble sometimes, and I think that was kind of the case then. I was living in this peaceful bubble. It, it wasn't that I didn't know that there was a whole lot of violence and conflict in the world around me. It was just that uh, I didn't experience much of it, and I could kind of insulate myself from it. Uh, I, I lived a peaceful life. Uh, but twice a week, my, my friends and I, we would leave that little peaceful bubble and we would go to our fieldwork congregation, which I think I've uh, mentioned before uh, here. Uh, my fieldwork congregation was an inner city church on the north side of St. Louis, uh, an area not that far from Ferguson, Missouri. You might have heard uh, that name. It's a, a place that has been come to be known for its violence and conflict. And we knew going there that many of the people that we were uh, serving alongside of and ministering with, that they lived very conflict-filled lives. Uh, we, we knew that, but it was also easy to go there twice a week for a few hours and then come back to our little peaceful bubble and pretend like uh, everything was okay. Uh, but, but one day we had gone there. It was a Wednesday afternoon. Uh, it was for an after-school program that they ran there at the church uh, for the community for about 100 kids. And something happened there that day that kind of popped my little peaceful bubble and forced me to realize that we live, I live, uh, these people live in a very conflict-filled, violent world. Um, we'd gone there, and our time started like it always did. We'd, we'd spend about an hour or so playing basketball with the kids. It was always a lot of fun. And then we'd head downstairs, and we'd sing songs about Jesus and be kind of silly and goofy and have some fun. And, and then we'd split up into classrooms uh, where, uh, by age, we would teach a Bible lesson and hear a story and have a little craft or something to go with it. And uh, that particular day, I think I had third or fourth graders in, in my room, and uh, I, I have no idea at this point now what the Bible story was or what the point of any of it was, but I remember that uh, we had asked the kids to draw their families, and uh, I should have known that, uh, that the, the pictures they were going to draw were going to look very different than the pictures me and my fellow students would have drawn in Peaceful Mount Prospect as third graders. But I wasn't thinking that way. And so we asked them to draw their families. And I remember walking around the tables, looking over their shoulders to see what they would have drawn. And I remember coming to the first little boy, and something right away uh, stuck out to me. He had his whole family there, a number of people. But the first was, was his dad, and his dad was, was holding a gun in the air. And uh, in front of his dad were these lines that I asked about. In my silly ignorance, I thought, what are those lines in front of him? Of course, they were prison bars. His dad, this little boy's dad was in jail. And uh, we went down the line. He was telling me who everyone was in this drawing. There were brothers and sisters, a whole line of siblings. And at the end were two people lying down. They were horizontal. And I asked about them. They were cousins who had been killed in, uh, in gunfire and weren't there anymore. And, uh, the heartbreaking part was I, I knew... Uh, although I was almost too scared to. I knew that if I had walked around to the other uh, tables in that classroom that I was probably going to see a lot more of the same, that these kids' lives were filled with violence and conflict. And in that moment, to me, there was no more denying it. There was no more hiding it or kind of wishing it away. It was this reminder to me that we all live in a violent and conflict-filled world. 
And, and you all know that. Uh, you've experienced it. it. It probably looks different for you all than it does for that third grader on the north side of St. Louis, but I think you sense it inside of you too. We live in a violent and conflict-filled world. We, we, we know it's true. And, and the reason it's true for us here in Buffalo Grove, Arlington Heights, and the reason it's true for those children in St. Louis is because the root of the problem is the same. The, 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 the problem that we all have across this world uh, is our sin. And our sin has, has brought in that conflict and that violence to what was created to be a beautiful, wonderful, joy-filled, peaceful world. But, but because of sin, everything has changed. Uh, our, our horizontal relationships, and what I mean by that is the relationships we all have with each other have been changed. Conflict has entered in. We have kids who won't talk to us and spouses, marriages that have been broken apart in, in conflict. Uh, sometimes that conflict comes to us through our TV screens or through the angry words of people that we thought were our friends. And sometimes that conflict and that violence comes out of us as we gossip or as we lie uh, to build ourselves up and, and, and bring others down. Our sin has created conflict in our horizontal relationships where there was supposed to be peace. And, and we know it and we sense it. And we also know it's true in our vertical relationship with God. That, that that relationship we have with our Creator has been broken by sin. There's conflict there now that wasn't supposed to be there. Uh, the, the way the Bible describes it at times is it's like there's this oceanic distance between us and our Savior Jesus, a, a distance that is much too much for us to, to travel. Or, or like there's a wall stretching miles high into the sky that we cannot climb over to get onto the other side. The Bible says that because of our sin, we are enemies with God. <laughs> God, our perfect, holy, righteous God, cannot stand in the presence of our dirty, rotten sin. And there's conflict there. There's violence there. And, and you all know it. You've experienced it. You sense it inside of you somewhere. And I think many of us, because of that, we long for peace, don't we? <laughs> uh, we, we, we say it all the time. We, we are praying for world peace. Or maybe you're just praying for peace in your family. We wish for peace as we close our eyes and blow out the candles on our birthday cake and everyone's smiling and singing our name, but we know of the conflict that's underneath the surface. And so we pray, I, I just want everything everyone to get along as we blow out those candles. We, we, we ask for peace. We demand it of our politicians, and they promise it to us in treaties and, and peace talks. Uh, we, we create programs for peace through social sa- services agencies, and we work hard uh, through these programs to bring peace. And, and many of those things are good. Uh, don't get me wrong here. I think we need to ask uh, of peace of our politicians. I think we need to continue to create and work on these programs. We definitely need to continue to pray for peace. All of that is good, but for all of that work, I think most of us realize uh, the, the peace that we long for, we still don't have it. <laughs> and if we do have it for one moment, it's like it's, it's gone the next. It, it so quickly slips through our fingers. And so some of us, what we've done is we've just given up. Uh, we just close our eyes to the conflict and the violence. We pretend it's not there. We wish it away. We, we look the other direction. We do whatever it takes to avoid the conflict. Uh, some of us are really good at that. Anytime there's conflict, maybe at a party, people start talking religion or politics. We're the ones that walk up immediately and say, how about those Cubs? Do you see that, that game yesterday? That was sure great, right? Or we have the cake and we're, we're asking, who wants dessert? Uh, anything, anything to avoid conflict, to try to keep some sort of peace in our lives. Uh, but again, how's that working out for us? It's... It might give us peace for a little while. It might create a mirage of peace, but it's certainly not the kind of peace that God would have for us. And so we're left with this reality. We live 
in a violent and a conflict-filled world. The same world that we read about in our reading for today, our gospel reading, the same world that the disciples were living in. And quite recently, the disciples, their lives had been defined by violence and conflict. They had just watched Jesus, their Savior, their God, their friend, be, be, be denied and betrayed and unjustly condemned and then thrown up on a cross to die a violent death. And now they're wondering if all of that is coming for them, if they're next. And they sense it, and, and so in their fear, they huddle together, they hide away in this little room, they lock the doors to keep the conflict out, to try to hold on to some peace, if, if only for a few minutes while they're there together in that room. But that's not the kind of peace that God would have for them. And so Jesus shows up, he barges right in through those doors, and he proclaims to them, not once, not twice, but three times, he says, peace be with you. And then the really cool thing is, is almost immediately, both times, he shows them his hands. He says, hey, take a look at these wounds. Do you see where the nail went in? Do you want to touch it? You can if you need to. Do you want to see my side where the spear entered in, where they, where they stuck it in at, at the moment of my death? It, you, you need to see these things. You, you need to know that they're real because it is from these wounds that you have peace. It's because Jesus died a violent death on the cross that you, my disciples, will die in peace. It's because Jesus confronted your sin and all of its condemnations and all of its consequences because Jesus confronted God's wrath on the cross that you will never have to. It's, it's because Jesus entered into this conflict-filled world that as his disciples today, we have peace. And not just a mirage of peace, not just some temporary subjective feeling of peace, but actual peace, <laughs> that vertical relationship with our creator has been restored. We are at peace with God himself now. No longer is there that oceanic separation between us and our creator. No longer is there a, a wall of sin dividing us from the Holy One. No longer are we enemies with God because of our sin. Now, he says, we are his children. We're friends with God himself. And when he sees us, no longer does he see sinful, messed up people, but he sees beautiful, baptized children of God. See, today we're reminded that we are people of peace. Uh, we have been given peace by our Creator, and that changes everything for us. Because not only do we receive it, but now as his people, we are called to reflect it, to share it, with the world. Now we have the joy and the honor as God's people, as people of peace, of, of, of living out that peace in our horizontal relationships with each other. No longer now do we, do we treat each other out of fear or, or jealousy, but now we treat each other with love. No longer do we treat each other uh, uh, with, with uh, revenge or anger, but, but now we treat each other with generosity and, and kindness. We turn the other... We, the other cheek. We, we live out that peace that God has given to us with the people he's put in our lives. That is an amazing thing we get to do, to proclaim that peace to the world. Having said that, though, um, there will be conflict involved uh, because the truth is, as long as we live in this world that we live in, until Jesus comes again, uh, sometimes the only way to true peace is through conflict. And it was that way for Jesus, wasn't it? The only way that he brought us peace was through his violent, conflict-filled death. And it will be the same for us. And Jesus uh, alludes to it in our reading for today when he says these maybe words that you wondered about 
when he says to his disciples, having breathed on them and given them his Holy Spirit, filled them up to do this amazing task of proclaiming peace. But he says this strange thing. He says, whoever sins you do not forgive, they are not forgiven. And we might hear that and think, well, that doesn't sound very peaceful. (laughs) Uh, That's not the kind of nice Jesus I've come to love. What do you mean? We're we're not to forgive each other. That that doesn't sound loving or peaceful. Uh, But But I think Jesus is reminding us that sometimes the only way to true peace, lasting peace, not just some temporary uh, mirage of peace, is is through conflict. And uh, here's the best way that I can think of to explain those words, those confusing words of Jesus. Um, Imagine, if you will, that you're at the mall and you're doing your shopping. Uh, Maybe you're picking some things up for yourself, for your kids. and, And in the distance at the mall, you see me, your pastor, and I'm I'm over by a stack of sweaters or something, and I'm going through them. And you're a nice person, and so you, you, you make your way over to say hi to me. And as you're on your way, walking across the store, you notice that I'm going through the stack of sweaters, and I'm taking them, and I'm putting them in my jacket. And then I'm looking around to see if anyone notices, and I start to make my way towards the door. And, 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 and we meet, though, kind of halfway there, and you have this option there in that moment, don't you? To kind of keep the temporary peace you could just ignore what I did, pretend you didn't see it, act like nothing happened, and just say, hey, pastor, uh, excited for worship tomorrow, can't wait to see you, and, and just go about your day, right? And you would have peace in that moment. You would have avoided conflict, no confrontation, no violence. You would have kept the peace. But that's not the kind of peace that we are called to as Christians. Sometimes the only way to true peace, lasting peace, is, is through conflict. And so you would be called as a Christian to say to me, uh, pastor, knock it off, <laughs> Uh, that's not what we do as Christians. You know the scriptures, you've read the commandments, and so you have two options, Pastor Peter. You're going to put that sweater back or you're going to pay for it. That's it. Um, And if I were to to look at you then and say, oh, you know what, you're right. Uh, I know the scriptures, I've read them, I I know the commandments, I have them memorized, but but I really want the sweater. (laughs) Uh, At that point, you would not forgive me. I, I would need to remain unforgiven. And, and you would not do that. You wouldn't withhold forgiveness just to beat me down and, and puff out your chest and feel good about yourself. Uh, but, you, but you would do that so that I would come to see the amazing grace of Jesus. So I would stop living in this mirage of temporary peace so that I would come to recognize my sin and, and the amazing love of my Savior Jesus. You would want me to see the peace that he has proclaimed, that my relationship with him is restored, and so you would confront my sin. You, you would enter into that conflict. But should I repent of my sin and say, you know what, you're right, that was really stupid, I don't know why I'm doing this. At that moment, no matter how expensive the sweater was, no matter how many times I had stolen in the past, or whatever, uh, any number of other sins I would have committed, you would have the joy and the honor of proclaiming to me the peace of Jesus. You would get to say to me, as Jesus says to his disciples in, in the reading for today, I forgive you. Jesus says, whoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. That is proclaiming peace. It's more than just talking about peace, but it's living it out. It's being a person of peace. It's it's declaring to the world, I forgive you. You are at peace with your creator, and now I'm at peace with you. That's true peace. That's lasting peace. And, And that's the peace we have. As Christians, we are people of peace. God, through his wounds on the cross, has earned us everlasting peace. And now, as his people... We get to share that peace with the world. In Jesus' name, amen.